Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Uh, hey, uh, good morning everybody. My name is Adam. I'm the pastor here. Good to see your uh, smiling faces in the house this morning. And um, if you want to, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. We're in a little series here right now about being empowered with the Holy Spirit. We started it last week. We want to continue that this week. But before we get into the text, I want to give maybe one more little update that wasn't on the announcement video. Last week was our Big Give offering. And at this point, we've got about 28,000 bucks that have come in. So woohoo! Uh, thanks for everybody who's uh, given. And if you are still planning on giving to that, you can. We will gladly receive it. And if you're wondering, like, what is that? Well, uh, the Big Give offering is something we do once a year. And we put it towards some special purpose here at the church. And this year, uh, we're just realizing we need a new kids' church pastor. Heather's been doing that for a minute. Uh, her time of doing that is going to come to a close. And we're going to have to make another hire. So every penny of that is going to go towards uh, a new kids' church pastor. And I don't know if you noticed this morning, but there's a lot of kids here. And vineyard people are prolific. And there's going to be more kids here because I know you. And so we want to care for them really, really well. And this would be the first way to do that. So I'd encourage you, if you haven't, man, would you consider giving that way? That would be really, really great. All right, Acts chapter 4. Uh, this is a series, again, that we're doing about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is, man, this is just central to what it means for us in the vineyard. Uh, like what is, what, how do we understand ourselves uh, here in the vineyard or how do we understand ourselves as a church? Well, we understand ourselves primarily to be people, uh, weak people, like normal people, not that impressive people who are empowered by the spirit of God uh, to do things that are maybe sometimes a little bit on the extraordinary side. And, and we believe that and we, we understand that to be who we are because, because we're Bible people. And every time you read the Bible, whether it's in uh, the New Testament, like the Gospels or the book of Acts, the thing that you see over and over again is that really normal people, people just like me and you, uh, are empowered by the Spirit to, to walk out this Jesus thing in a tremendous way. And so we're going to be spending like the next month just looking at what does it mean to be empowered by the Spirit and what are some of the, what are the, some of the ways that that shows up? And uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4, and I want to talk to you specifically about boldness or witness. Maybe those would be the two words we would use this morning, boldness or witness, because when the Holy Spirit begins to touch a person or a people, one of the signs, one of the signs is that those people become courageous, they become bold, and there's a witness about them. And that's something we want in our lives. The other thing I want to say about Acts chapter 4 is this. If you were to just read Acts chapter 4 uh, this week, like if you were like, I'm not going to read anything else, I'm just going to read Acts chapter 4. Uh, one of the really amazing things about Acts chapter 4 that you will see is there's like almost, you could just about cut that chapter out and you could, you could nearly understand what it means to live the life of a disciple. If, you, if your whole Bible got thrown away and all you had was Acts 4, you could basically understand what it means to be a disciple. It's literally one of the most tremendous pieces of scripture in the whole Bible. 
And we're not going to be able to unpack it all this morning, but I just want to say, gosh, what a, what a treasure of a, of a text that God has preserved for us. Okay, before we even read the scripture, I need to give you a little context because like what happens in Acts chapter four, it's completely dependent on everything that happens in Acts chapter three. And you're like, well, what happens in Acts chapter three? Well, Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple to pray as was their, as was their custom. And they run into uh, the lame guy. Y'all remember this? And the guy's like, hey, what about me? And, and Peter looks at him as like, I have no money for you, but what I do have, I give you freely in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the guy stands up and walks, you know, it's like one of these moments in the new Testament. And this creates quite a stir. Uh, the reason it creates a stir is like, well, everybody knew the crippled guy, everybody knew the lame guy. And now they're seeing him run around as the walking guy. And it's like, everybody's mind is blown. But then the other stir is the one that's right underneath the surface. And the stir is this, more people start to put their trust and faith in Jesus because apparently the name of Jesus has power. And so there's this stir in Jerusalem and everybody's like, well, I guess we'll believe in Jesus. It has power, right? And, and that is a direct, a direct confrontation to the religious rulers and, and, the, and the people who are running the temple in the synagogue. And they decide we can't have this, you know? We, we feel challenged in this way. And so their, their thinking is, well, let's just bring... Let's bring Peter and John in and let's put them under arrest. Now imagine that you're the kind of person who arrests someone because they, they prayed that someone would be healed and they were. I mean, that it seems crazy to us, right? But what you have to understand is that every single time that the gospel is really going forward, it's always a challenge. It's a challenge to power. That's one of the things that the gospel always does. It's a challenge to power. It's a, it's a challenge to political power. And the gospel is also a challenge to religious power. And I say that this morning as someone who's a pastor of a church, right? Like, like if you were to read, if you were to read the gospel or if you read the book of Acts this morning and you put it on, you go, well, who am I in the story? Well, I just have to tell you with great fear and trembling, the, the person I might be in this story might be, might be the guy's who threw Peter and John in prison. I'm hoping, I'm working towards being a disciple who would not do that, right? But you have to understand, that's like the context of the passage. And here's what happens. Peter and John, thrown in jail, and they're like, you got to quit this Jesus thing. And Peter and John are like, we will not quit this Jesus thing. And uh, there's just this tremendous, tremendous uh, story that takes off. And Eva read the first part, and, and uh, I'd like to read the second part this morning. So if we want to... Let's look at Acts chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 13. So we're just continuing on. There's a lot of scripture this morning. We're going to read to verse 20, and then we're going to bounce around a little bit. You'll just have to flow with me. Uh, scripture goes like this. The members of the council, that'd be like the, the, the temple rulers, they were amazed, look at this, when they saw the boldness, underline that, the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men. I'm telling you, you want, a, you want, a, you want a, a scripture to put on your bathroom mirror? Acts chapter 4, 13. That's one to live your life by. Look at this. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I mean, like what else is there? That's everything I want in my life. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right among them, there was nothing the council could say. Dang. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and they conferred among themselves. 
what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny they've performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further. See, that's what the religious spirit does. It takes the good news and, and, and thinks about it in terms of propaganda, right? We must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus's name again. So they called the apostles back in and they commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot, step, we cannot stop telling everything we have seen and heard. We'll stop there. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Okay, so here's what I want to do this morning from the text and maybe even from a couple spots that we didn't read in the text this morning a little further on in Acts chapter 4. I want to talk about um, uh, boldness as a sign of the Spirit. And uh, I, want to, I want to give you six kinds of kingdom boldness this morning. Six kinds of kingdom boldness. Number one, number one, boldness is just a sign of the Spirit. Uh, there's two times in this chapter, two times in this chapter that it says that people were filled with the Spirit. Uh, Reese, in verse 8, it says that Peter is filled with the Spirit. And then in verse 31, that's further on. We didn't read about it. Let's put it up. Uh, there's like a prayer meeting, like the church and Peter and John go back and look what it says. It says, after this prayer meeting, uh, the place where they, where they were, it, was, it shook and they were all what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a couple things we have to see in this chapter. Number one, Peter's filled with the Spirit. Number two, the church is filled with the Spirit. But the second thing I want you to see here is that in, in three different spots in Acts chapter 4, the word boldness, the word boldness comes up. In verse 13, uh, you can see this as well. We've already read it when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Then in verse 29, uh, this is the prayer of the church. Lord, hear their hearts and their threats. Give us your servants great boldness. And then in verse 31, it's also got boldness in it. <laughs> look, after the, after the prayer, the meeting, the, where, the, where the meeting was, look, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you, you get the word bold right there next to it. And they preached the word of God with boldness. So on two occasions in Acts chapter 4, people are filled with the Spirit on three different moments in this text, the word boldness comes up and one of them, they're right side by side. So there's this idea that to be filled with the spirit, it does something to people. It makes people bold and courageous. And in each instance, there's something about one that leads to the other. Uh, we need to think about Peter's life just for a moment. If you remember Peter and if you remember the gospels, one of the things you know is that Peter's never really short on words. But in one, in one really important occasion, Peter is short on courage in his life. Do you guys remember that? I remember the moment where Jesus is with the disciples and it's about the time right before Jesus is crucified and, and, and Jesus is like, well, somebody here, somebody here is going to leave me. And Peter says what? Everyone else can leave you, Jesus, but I'll never leave you. And Jesus looks at him and says, well, you know, uh, bad news, uh, before tonight's over uh, and before before the rooster crows three times, uh, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, never me. Of course, we know what happens, right? Uh, Jesus is arrested. 
Peter follows at a distance. Somebody that's close to him says, hey, aren't you one of the Galileans that follows Jesus around? And, and Peter's like, no. And then, and then she's like, yeah, I kind of think it's, I, I've seen you with him. And she's like, no. And then presses a third time. And, and the Bible says, Peter says no with cussing. He's like, heck no, you know, <laughs> three times, three times, right in the moment. And what's interesting about it is, is it's the very thing that Peter said he would never do, Right. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's a courage deficiency in his life. But then afterwards in John chapter 20, Jesus comes back and he says to Peter, do you love me? Uh, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. You know, it's a great, it's probably one of the best stories in the whole Bible. And then, and then in Acts, Peter's filled with the spirit. And the very person who denied Jesus is the first person up in front of the great crowd in Acts chapter two and says, you know, this Jesus guy is the guy, you know, the people, the, the people who were there, maybe some of the people who were in the crowd when Jesus was crucified, Peter looks right at him and goes, you guys killed him, but God raised him up like totally different guy. And then in Acts chapter four, after the miracle, he's brought into the same, the same Jewish council who had Jesus arrested, the same guys. And they say, you have to stop talking in, in Jesus's name. And what does Peter say? We can't obey you. We have to obey God. Do to us what you want. There's some kind of change in his life. Boldness is a sign of the spirit. Boldness is a sign. Uh, number two, boldness is courageous. Boldness is a sign, number one. Uh, number two, boldness is not just courageous. I can't read this morning. Boldness is contagious. Gosh, guys, I have to, I'm going to have to start preaching with my readers. This is the worst. Boldness is contagious. Uh, one, of the, one of the things we find this morning uh, in our story is that Peter find new, finds new courage. And, and at this point, after he's got the, the spirit in his life, uh, his witness is unshakable. But I want you to notice what happens after Peter is released from jail. After Peter's released from jail, they go back to the church. And the church, the church is like uh, stoked because Peter and John are back. But then the church begins this spontaneous prayer meeting and, and they begin to pray some prayers that are brand new. Reese, can we put up verse 29? This is the prayer of the church after Peter and John come back. Uh, this is their prayer. They say, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. Whose threats? Everybody who just put Peter and John into prison. Lord, would you hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word? Boldness is a sign of the spirit. Boldness is also contagious. It's interesting to me that the church doesn't pray for more protection. Lord, would you protect us? Uh, it's also interesting to me that the church doesn't pray for more boldness for Peter. God, would you make Peter more bold? We'll send him out. Lord, would you help Peter and John do, uh, would you just help them do the things? We'll, we'll stay back. But instead what they pray is, God, would you give us great boldness that we might also preach your word. Boldness is contagious. Maybe there's somebody in the room this morning and you need new courage. I would like to say two things to you at this point, straight from the text. Number one, seek the spirit. Uh, ask God to fill you with his spirit. Uh, and if you're having, if you're having trouble finding it, uh, get around somebody who has it. And by the way, this is, this is the way everything in the Holy Spirit works. Uh, pray for it. Everything we talked about last week, expectation, anticipation, 
hunger, humility. Pray for it. Ask God to give you the spirit. Ask him to pour out his love on your life. Ask him to give you the Holy Spirit in a way that you've never experienced it. And if you're having trouble finding it, just go stand next to someone who has it. I'm telling you, uh, everything in God's Holy Spirit is more caught than it is taught. Uh, I can stand up here and tell you stuff. It's better to just be around it. Go, go get around somebody who has it. It will get on you. Number three, spirit boldness tells the story of Jesus. I hope you notice in this morning's text that when Peter is filled with the spirit, uh, he doesn't stand up and start yelling at the people who threw him in jail and calling them names. Uh, he doesn't call them dirty dogs. Uh, he doesn't tell them that he's going to tweet mean things about them. Instead what, Je- instead, what Peter does is he goes right into telling the story of Jesus. And I hope you notice that the praying church in verse 29, when they ask for boldness, they ask for boldness to preach the word. And in doing so, they tell the story of Jesus. Like, how do you know that you've been filled with the spirit? Well, number one, there's courage, but it's not just any kind of courage. It's a particular kind of courage. And the particular kind of courage is this. It tells the story of Jesus. Literally just tells the story of Jesus. The boldness that God gives us isn't about making us jerks. We need to say that again in America. Being filled with, this Holy, being filled with the Spirit isn't about making us jerks. Uh, being filled with the Spirit isn't about making us uh, the sort of people who can, can dunk on others in the social wars. Uh, it's not about flaming people on Twitter, you know? Uh, it's not about boycotting Disney. Uh, it's not about telling people that they're going to hell on the CU campus, you know? Once a year, those dudes come. They come, on the, they come into the CU campus every single year, and they tell everybody they're going to hell. Can I tell you what? That ain't it, kids. That ain't it. Uh, the boldness that the Spirit gives us is, is about being able to tell the story of Jesus, and especially your story with Jesus and my story with Jesus. Literally just telling, what has God done with me, to me, and through me? You know, and sometimes it's just the smallest thing. I just want to tell everybody in the church this morning, the most powerful story that you can tell is the very simple one about who Jesus is to you. And, and you just get comfortable telling it. And the more you tell uh, other people about who God is to you and the things that he's done with you, uh, you, you just will not believe what will happen. You will not believe. Uh, how many of you? How many of you here uh, this morning? How many of you here uh, got saved because you went to a crusade? It's exactly zero. How many of you uh, got saved because you stayed up late watching like TBN? Someone had a white piano. Also zero. How many? How many people here? How many people here started putting their faith and trust in Jesus because a family member or a close friend told you about who God was to them? It's everyone. It's, it's completely, like, what is, the, what is the boldness that the Spirit wants to give us? It's to tell the story of Jesus. I met a guy, I met a guy when I was at the bottom, and he pulled me into his arms, and when I felt really unaccepted, I felt the love of God. And my life used to be this, and now it's that. You know, you know what? Like this, these simple things are, are, the, are the stories that we're really called to tell. You know, like, like my story is, 
basically I grew up in grew up in a Christian home with with good parents and and at least in my life uh, I grew up as someone who felt very called to ministry and very called to preach and I've shared this a few times with you guys here but when I was in middle school I was mortified of the thought of public speaking. And when I was like 16 or 17, I got profoundly baptized in the Spirit. That's another way of saying I got completely convinced that I was loved by God no matter what. And when, after that moment of being profoundly baptized in the Spirit, the first evidence wasn't miracles or prophecy or tongues or anything else. It was I was no longer afraid to talk to people and specifically to stand up in front and tell them the story of Jesus. And I've done this here with you guys. I've done it all kinds of places. And I never, ever get nervous anymore because that just went away. What is spirit boldness? Spirit boldness is sharing the story of Jesus. Sharing the story of Jesus. Uh, how many of you all saw, this has probably been three weeks ago. How many of you all saw that clip of Dua Lipa talking to Stephen Colbert. Did anybody see that? Yeah, a few. I, I just recommend you going online and checking this out. You know, Stephen Colbert, the late night TV show host, all of a sudden his guest Dua Lipa kind of like flips the switch on him and she's like, hey, is it hard to be a comedian and, and be a Christian? Like, I know you're like a, you're kind of a famous Catholic guy. This is basically what she's asking you. She's like, I know you're basically a, a famous famous Catholic guy, and I know your faith is important to you. Is it hard to be a TV personality and have a faith? And his answer to her is completely amazing. I just want to read you just a little bit. This is what Stephen Colbert says. He says, ultimately, ultimately, us all being mortal, the faith will win out in the end. But I certainly hope when I get to heaven, Jesus has a sense of humor. And then Colbert, who also identifies as Catholic, went on to elaborate on the core principles of his faith and the spiritual dimension that humor can have. And he said his faith, I love this, his faith is connected to the idea of love and sacrifice being somehow related to giving yourself to other people and that in the end, death doesn't win. What a, what a great thing. And what did he do there? What did he do? He just did everything that we've been talking about. Uh, he, he demonstrated some courage. He demonstrated some boldness by telling the story of Jesus, especially as it related to him. And if you see the extra clip, it's like, it's actually stunning. It's like a, a, a prime example of the spirit empowering somebody to, to give the message of Jesus around the world. I don't know what number we're on right now. Number next. Spirit boldness, spirit boldness comes powerfully on the weak and lowly. Another wonderful moment in today's text is the spirit uh, who anoints is the spirit who anoints people with courage and boldness. And it's the spirit who anoints people with courage and boldness and the people that he anoints, man, usually the weak and lowly. In, in today's scripture here in Acts chapter 4, it's Peter and the praying church. And the common theme in both of these examples is that neither, neither of these uh, were powerful by the world standards. Uh, Peter had just been thrown in jail. The temple rulers, they had all the power. Peter and John had no, no worldly power. And then the early church, especially here in Acts chapter 4, uh, it's small. It's a small, odd mixture of, of like social outcasts. They were not elite in any way. Uh, the, Romans, the Romans thought the early Christians were weird. 
They were like, who are these weird people who get together in houses and eat bread and drink a little wine and talk about some guy? Uh, they don't participate in emperor worship. They just thought, these guys are weird, you know? They had strange rites. And yet in this chapter, we see Peter denying weak Peter. And we see the lowly church. Those are both that are filled with the spirit. Um, and part of what we see in this text is that the spirit is for those who are on the margins, uh, those who are out on the edge. Uh, the gospels and acts show over and over again that it's the rich and powerful who get bypassed. Over and over again, over and over again, the rich and powerful, they mostly get bypassed. Jesus shows up and the spirit comes upon the weak, the lowly, and the outcast. This morning, if you're here at the vineyard and you feel like you're a nobody, uh, if you feel like you're on the edge, if you don't feel like you're on the in group, if you don't feel like you have a click, if you feel like you're lonely, if you, feel, if you feel like completely unseen, here's what I want you to know this morning. The spirit has a target on you and he is coming for you. This is the gospel. This is ultimately the good news that God will oftentimes go to great lengths to bypass the rich, the powerful, and the in and the connected to find the least, the lost, and the one. And we see it even in this text this morning. Even the last couple of weeks, we've seen that sort of thing happening in the wider world. How many of you have been, how many of you have been impressed with, with the Ukrainian President Zelensky? He's, he's emerged with great boldness and courage and almost out of nowhere, almost out of nowhere. What is this? It is, it is an, it is, it, this is what God always does. God always finds the one on the edge. He will bypass the one in the center. He will go straight to the one on the edge. And you might be thinking, well, does God really bypass the one on the center and go to the edge? Honestly, God comes for everyone, but usually those in the center, the rich, the powerful, the most connected, we don't need them, right? God keeps walking. For the weak and lowly. And then finally this morning, finally this morning, the boldness that the Spirit gives, it's bold sharing. All of, all of Acts chapter 4 is about sharing. Peter shares the story of Jesus. The church prays for boldness to preach the word. But then the chapter ends curiously. Reese, can we put up verses 32 and 33? Like, the chapter ends really strange. Look at, look at this little segment, like out of nowhere. It goes like this. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. What a, what a great understanding of what spirit boldness does in our life. It, it causes us to share profoundly. But what are the two things that are shared in Acts chapter 4? The story of Jesus and what else? All of our possessions. How many of you know that you need, you need anointed with the Spirit to let go of both? And this is, this is what we see in the story this morning. The story of Jesus and all possessions. You know there's a Spirit work in our midst when these things are being shared, when a community of people is sharing the story of Jesus, but then also our money and our possessions and our time and our affection and our energy for others, you know that you know that you know that God is in our midst. It's boldness. 
It's boldness to say what you've seen in the Lord Jesus. But it's also boldness to share what you have. Those are the hallmarks of the Spirit-filled church. And some of you here might be thinking, okay, that's great, but Adam, I'm, I'm too shy. I'm an introvert. I'm an Enneagram 9. Um, maybe, maybe you're not someone who cherishes the spotlight. Maybe you'd rather die than speak in public, you know? Maybe you'd, you'd rather just, you'd rather get, get hit in the face by Mike Tyson than hold a microphone. Well, let me, let me just give you a pastoral word this morning. Uh, the good news for everybody in the room is that God works uniquely within our temperaments. And nobody, nobody has to prove themselves by trying to be a version of what we think Peter might have been in order to be in the club. You know, that's not what God is asking. Uh, you don't have to be unshy. Uh, you don't have to be less of an Enneagram 9. Uh, I used to be mortified to speak in public, uh, but I've gotten over that by the power of the Spirit. But lately, lately, the Spirit has been doing a new work in me. And lately, I've been learning how to share my faith in really unimpressive ways. I've, yeah, and I've, I've phrased it just that, like that on purpose. I've been learning how to share my faith in really unimpressive ways. Like one of my prayers every Monday is, God, would you let me talk about you with somebody new at least once or twice this week? And just in the most normal way, right? Uh, in some conversation. And you know what? God has been really faithful to allow me to do just that. There's hardly a week that goes by that I don't get to share my faith. But here's the thing. Even, even when it's really conversational, either with a friend or maybe, maybe somebody new, uh, it takes a measure of boldness and courage just to tell the story of Jesus. Uh, some, of us, some of us might need to be anointed to share the story of Jesus a little more, uh, but it might not be with your spoken voice. Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking this morning, maybe some people in this room uh, might need the courage to write a book, or or maybe there's some people in this room that need the courage to make a record, or maybe maybe some people in this room need the courage to start a 501c3, or maybe there's some courage that's needed that maybe would surprise some other people in this room. Uh, this, this thing that the Spirit does when he anoints us and he gives us courage and boldness to share the story of Jesus, but then to share everything that we have, sometimes it shows up in really, really unique ways. And, and using our voice and talking, that's just one of, one of a million ways that maybe God wants to move through us. Some, of us. some of us in the room maybe need more boldness to talk to our co- co-workers um, here's one of the things that I've been seeing so much in the last two years. People want to ask me all kinds of stuff. And by the way, people usually don't want to talk to pastors. <laughs> Let me tell you, people don't normally want to talk to pastors, only, only when they're at the bottom of the barrel, right? But, but lately, I've been noticing for this for the last two years, people have been asking me questions all the time about what I do, what I think about this, what I think about that. Talk to me about this. Is there another way to think about that? Do I have to be this in order to be in? Like it's wild. It, God is opening up doors everywhere. I can't go to a kid's soccer game without somebody coming and standing next to me and saying, 
hey, pastor, what about this? What are we doing? Yeah. It's wild. What is it? There's just opportunities. There's opportunities to share the story of Jesus everywhere, everywhere. And people are actually quite open to it. I know that we've been told uh, a lot lately that people are more and more closed off from the story of Jesus. It's actually not true. It's actually not true. People are very, very open to the story of Jesus. Uh, they, they're, they're, looking, they're looking for someone who can tell them about what Jesus has done in their life. Not theoretical Jesus, not theological Jesus, not the made-up Jesus, but like the one who's actually interacted with your life. Uh, maybe, maybe it's coworkers. Uh, maybe, maybe your coworkers are having moments of difficulty in their lives. And maybe, maybe we've, we've shrunk back. But here's what I want to tell you this morning. God wants to give us assurance. Uh, maybe some of us here know we're supposed to lead a home group. You know, maybe you need the courage and the boldness to open up your house and like have people over so that you could so that you could share what you have and share the story of Jesus. I mean, that takes boldness and courage. I mean, you might have people come over who have crazy kids and jump on your couch. It will happen. It will happen. Uh, one of their kids is going to take a marker to your new wall. It will happen. Uh, it will happen. You know, maybe maybe you'll have somebody who's a little lonely and stays too late. It will happen. I'm, I'm doing a great job of selling home groups, aren't I? <laughs> We're going to have no leaders, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, it will happen. But maybe God is talking to you about, about taking some new step in ministry, you know, to share everything that you have and to share the story of Jesus. Well, that'll take boldness and courage. Mm. Some of us in the room, we know that we're being called out to share uh, not just the story of Jesus in words, but we also know that maybe God is is calling us out to share the story of Jesus in generosity and giving. We've been talking about that lately. Like we see it in Acts chapter four. It's not just the story of Jesus that gets shared. It's, it's generosity and giving. And maybe, you know, maybe some of us feel like we're being called out for that as well. I, I want you to know it, it's not the devil inviting you into being generous and into being a giver. It's, it's actually the Lord. And it will take a certain kind of boldness and courage to do it because the spirit of the age says, hang on to everything you have. And the spirit of God says, let it all go. Just let it all go. Amen. Amen. Well, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to, I want to pray for boldness. I want to pray for boldness and courage. Reese, could we put verses 29 and 30 back up? And if you're on the band, come on up. I want to pray for courage, and we're going we're gonna to sing another song. Here's the church in Acts chapter 4. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. In verse 30. Do we have it, Reese? Maybe we don't. Good news is I have a Bible. I'm not sure I can read it, though. I have to do this. <laughs> and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Gosh, that's our prayer this morning. 
Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.